Well, good morning again, and welcome again. Title for our message this morning is, Here I am, Lord, I will go. And what I want us to, to ponder this morning is when the Lord calls, say, yes, I will go. The Lord does not always call the abled, but he will enable those he calls. He does not always call. He doesn't call the able, but he will enable those he calls. Did you ever say no or not now or maybe later to the Lord when he was calling you or asking you to do a task for him? I think if we're all honest, myself included, that has happened. Wait, time out, Lord. Just, just a minute. Give me, give me some time to ponder that. The, the Lord is, is looking for willing workers to work in his kingdom, to do specific tasks to fulfill his will. Maybe you felt, you know, Lord, the timing's not right. Check back in a year or two. Maybe you said, you know, Lord, our children are just not quite at the right age. I think later would be better. And maybe you said no because you didn't want to uh, move out of your comfort zone. And our comfort zone quickly becomes a, a reality when we, when we begin to feel that we're, we're pushed outside of that zone, so to speak, where we, we feel secure. Maybe you said no because you simply didn't want to go. Or maybe you said no because, Lord, uh, somebody else will be better fit for the job. Has that ever, ever happened? Do, do you, are you with me? You know what we're talking about. Uh, all illustrations break down, but I, our spiritual life, I think, is similar, could be similar to a rubber band. So here's a, a small rubber band, and when this rubber band is left in what I call its inactive position, which is like it is right now, it's basically unable to perform the task that it was designed to do. But when you, when, you, when you stretch a rubber band, it immediately becomes useful in many ways. And if you're a man or a young man here, right away you think of this, right? But it can be used in, in, in many, many different ways. And just compare that to an unstretched Christian will become inactive. Because you're never being, you're, you're in your, your, your comfort zone, and this is where I feel comfortable, and I want to just stay here, Lord. I want to dwell right here, and I fill in the blanks. But when we're being stretched, occasionally stretched and motivated and filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, as we are talking about this morning, that very same person that said, Lord, let me hear, that very same person can become a great tool in the hands of the Master. You can go from an inactive, call it what you will, to being useful. No, we're not rubber bands. You get the point. We can become very inactive or being useful for the Lord. And the fact of it is, our spiritual life, the life in, in the child of God, will grow when we are taken out of our comfort zone and stretched. Now, this morning, we're going to the Old Testament, but i got a question for you. Can you, somebody call out the name of a great, I repeat, a great Old Testament leader 
who said no when the Lord asked him to do an assignment. Who was it? Moses. Thank you. Moses said no. We're going to look at Moses this morning. If you have a good memory, you remember uh, last Sunday, Zach started talking about Moses. I started getting nervous that Zach stopped, changed the subject. So he did before he, he touched too much on what I want to share. So Moses, his name means drawn out of the water or rescued or delivered from the water. And we know the story of Moses, how his mother uh, placed him at the river's edge in that uh, well-made basket as an attempt to save his life from the wicked king who said, all the baby boys need to be killed. Then, fast forward, along comes the king's daughter and rescues Moses from the river, and thus his name. If you fast forward a number of years, the story that we know about Moses the best is that he was a, as I mentioned, a great leader, uh, a great leader to the children of Israel. He had quite a reputation. If you think about Moses, you probably you might know where I'm going. Roman, uh, Numbers 12, 3. And we read, Now Moses was a very meek man above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. So someone, I didn't catch the name, someone just called out and said, Moses said no, which we're going to look at just shortly. The Lord said, Moses, he said, absolutely not. All of a sudden, a little bit later we read, he's one of the meekest men which ever walked on the face of the earth. How is this possible? When he said no, when the Lord told him to go talk to Pharaoh and deliver his children out of Egypt. Let's go to Moses real quick and turn to Exodus chapter 2. Point number one, Moses says no. So if you're in Exodus 2, you look at, uh, glance down across verses 1 through 10, and we're going to see that Moses was born, ended up in Pharaoh's house. Continue looking from, from verses 11 up to 22. I'm putting this as a nut, in a nutshell. Moses killed an Egyptian. Moses flees to Midian. And after a period of time, Moses marries Zipporah. Now, I'd like to start reading at Exodus 2, verse 23. And it came to pass in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. And the children of Israel sighed by reason of bondage. And they cried. And the cry came unto God by the reason of their bondage. And God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham and Isaac and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God had respect unto them. We know the story again. Verse 3, chapter 3. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush and he looked and behold the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed here we have uh, the burning bush and then Moses he's there and he said I will now turn aside and see this great sight why the bush is not burnt and when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said Moses Moses and he said here am I I said the title of the message is here am I I will go but here we have a little bit of it here am I and he said draw not nigh thither put off thy shoes from off thy feet for the place where thou standest is holy ground verse 6 moreover this is the Lord speaking he said I am the God of thy father 
the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, and Moses hid his face, and he was afraid to look upon God. Here we see in verse 6, the Lord uh, is not trying to hide his identity. He is telling Moses exactly who he is. Moses, I'm God. I'm the God of your father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What we can gather here, Moses knew who he was talking to. Moses knew he was in the very presence of God. If you continue on, verses 7 through 9, God tells Moses that, you know, Moses, I see what's happening uh, in Egypt to his chosen people, which was the Israelites. We see here, he saw their affliction, he heard their cry, and he wanted to deliver them out of Egypt into a land that's flowing with milk and honey, which we know as Canaan land. In verse 10, Moses receives his call. He said, verse 10, Come now therefore, and I will send you unto Pharaoh, that you may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. All right, Moses, here we go. I want to send you to Pharaoh. I want you to ask Pharaoh to let the people go. And I'm also asking you, after you do that, to lead these people out of Egypt. And it didn't take Moses long to say, no thank you. Moses says no. But he said it this way, verse, uh, verse 11. And Moses said unto God, who am I? Did you ever find yourself saying that? Or most times, we, we, you ever hear the comment, who do you think you are? But who am I, Moses said. God come to him with his great opportunity, responsibility, job, call it what you will. and said, Moses, I want you to go. And he said, time out, Lord. Who do you think I am? Who am I? How do you expect me to lead these people out of Egypt? And it was the Lord himself that was calling Moses, and yet Moses felt incapable of fulfilling the call. From verse 12, then, to the end of the chapter, the Lord tells Moses this. said, Moses, you know, I'll be with you. And he also explains how this deliverance process is going to happen. So from, for a practical application, what can we learn? As we heard it said before, we need to be ready to go, but willing to stay. Obviously, not the case with Moses, but what we like to say, we need to be ready to go. Are we ready to go? If the Lord's knocking on your heart's door, if the Lord's asking you to go, are we ready to go? But say, Lord, I'm willing to go, but okay, if you don't want, I can stay. What we need to remember, the Lord will not call us, nor ask us to go anywhere, nor to do anything alone. So if you're here this morning and the Lord's calling you, he's not going to say, brother or sister, go there and then stand back and watch. He will go with you. It is impossible, it is impossible for, for a man to find a place on this earth where the presence of the Lord is absent. Regardless where you go, the Lord will be there with you. Refer, please allow, back to the Sunday school lesson. The Holy Spirit is everywhere. If we, uh, if we go to Genesis 1, 1, we see, in the beginning, God. And the verse continues, created the heavens and the earth. God was there before the beginning of time. God was and God is everywhere. He is ever present. God is always everywhere. And that's the God that we serve. So if God's calling you this morning, saying, brother, sister, do this for me, he'll go with you. He will be there with you. Back to Moses. Moses was where? Moses was in his comfort zone. He was out in the hills taking care of his father-in-law's sheep. So picture him out there alone with the sheep, no one to talk to, 
just content to watch the flocks alone until God showed up with an opportunity and Moses said, who do you think that I am? He said, no. When the Lord calls, say, yes, I will go. The Lord does not call the able, but he will enable those that he calls. He will enable those that he calls. Point number two, Moses made excuses. Jump ahead to chapter four. And Moses answered and said, but behold, they will not believe. Believe me, nor will they hearken to my voice, for they will say, the Lord has not spoken unto you. So here we see Moses comes back, his first excuse, because we have a few more we're going to look at. He said, uh, wait a minute, Lord. What if they don't believe me or they refuse to listen to me? What if they say, the Lord didn't appear to you? And here we see the fear of rejection. Moses was afraid that they were going to reject him. And along with this fear, unfortunately, comes the act of minimizing the power and the ability of the Lord. What was Moses saying? Basically saying, Lord, you want me to go there? No, no, no. Your strength is, you're not strong enough for this task. You don't have the ability to help me through this. And that's a problem that we see that we, we, we can't go there. We can't minimize the power of the Lord. If, we, if you would have read some verses I skipped over, the Lord told Moses he's going to be with him. He told Moses that Moses, everything is going to work out. Basically, all Moses had to do was what? Was to go and allow the Lord to do the rest. And brothers and sisters, that's how it is for us today as well. If and when the Lord calls, I mentioned before, you're not going alone. But you need to allow him to give you the power and strength to go, and he will, to, will take care of the rest. We may not know all the details about where we are called to go. The path may be hard and rocky. But the Lord doesn't require us to know the details. What he's asking us to do is to be faithful. Simply, brothers and sisters, simply be faithful. We may not even know, we don't know what tomorrow holds. But we know who holds the future. Are we willing just to allow God to be God? You remember the Christian's job description in a previous message? To know Jesus Christ and to make him known. To know him is to obey him. And the better that we know him, the easier it will be for him to direct our way. And think about the story of Moses again. We, we know about the struggles that Moses endured as he led the children of Israel out of Egypt through the wilderness. It was a long, a difficult journey. But remember this, the Lord was with him every step of the way. We read in, in, uh, in uh, Exodus, he's with him with that cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night, carefully watching every step. That is the Lord that led Moses, and he will lead us today as well. Are we faithful to his call, or are we making excuses? Verses 2 through 9, back to Exodus chapter 4, uh, the Lord tries to show Moses his power uh, so the children of Israel believe that the Lord has sent him. Imagine um, I'm not going to take a time to read it, but imagine turning a stick into a snake and then taking that snake and turning it back into a stick again. Imagine putting your hand in your pocket, and when you pull it out, your hand's covered with leprosy. Then you reverse, the pro the, uh, reverse it, and your hand is made whole again. You know, although a very miraculous sign from the Lord, Moses was still not convinced. Then I had to wonder, was Moses afraid that of the men that were looking for him after he fled Egypt because he killed the Egyptian? 
Is, this, is, there, is that the reason he was refusing to take the assignment? If you're ex, in Exodus 4, jump down to verse 18. Uh, and there we see Moses decided, okay, he will go. A lot of stuff happened between that. Moses said, okay, I will go. But it was only after, it was only after he's willing to accept the assignment that the Lord comes back in verse 19 and says, oh, Moses, by the way, the men that were looking to take your life are no longer living. So was Moses thinking, well, I can't go back to Egypt. They're, they, want, they want to kill me back there. But after he said, okay, he'll go. And, oh, by the way, Moses, don't have to worry about that. I took care of that for you already. How many times in our life do we pray for divine appointments? Lord, allow me to speak to someone today. Lead someone to me so I can give them a track, or I can pray for them, or I can share the gospel message with them. And God just takes care of those things. And here we see he took care of it uh, with Moses, working in, a, in advance so Moses could go. The Lord wasn't going to allow some evil men to hinder his progress of leading the children of Israel out of Egypt. When the Lord calls, the Lord prepares the way. So don't fear. Go in faith and allow the Lord to reveal his power. A few minutes ago, I'd just like to refresh your memory and remind you what we, myself included, what we said just a few minutes ago. This is what, if you were singing, this is what you said. Where he, where he says, what he says we will do and where he sends we will go. Never fear. It kind of exactly when we were singing, it kind of ties in well. The Lord's going to go with us. We have nothing to fear. Where he sends, he will go. And what he says, we will do. So uh, back to Moses' excuses here. They continued. Verse 10. And Moses said unto the Lord, O oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither, neither here to for, since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, for I am slow of speech, and of a slow tongue. Maybe we could say, well, these excuses starting to be, sound a little more pathetic than before. But Lord, I'm not a good speaker. You want me to go speak with Pharaoh and lead the children of Israel, be a leader? Lord, I'm not a good speaker. And it didn't change since the time I've been talking to you. Even after talking to you for a while, I'm still, I'm just clumsy with my words. Moses is continuing to minimize the power and the ability of the Lord. Lord, I'm still not, don't feel like I'm able to take the responsibility. Moses thought that being a, a, a seasoned speaker would be a requirement for this calling, both to persuade Israel and Pharaoh, so he objected, simply refused. He was trying to use the way that God created him as an excuse for being, for, uh, being unwilling to go. And if you look at this a little bit and you know the story of Moses, I just thought there seemed to be a hidden motive behind his actions. Because I'm jumping ahead to Acts 7.22 and we read, And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. Now I read that and I go back to when he lived in Pharaoh's house after Pharaoh's daughter took him out of the river. They taught him all the ways. But the verse doesn't stop there. So he was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians, he knew their ways, and says, and, and was mighty in words and deeds. So maybe we should divide that verse and say, okay, he learned 
the ways of the Egyptians as a child. He was mighty in words and deeds as an old ma older man. I'm not sure, but he's telling the Lord, Lord, I got problems right here. So do I, but he was saying he's, he can't talk enough. But he's, he's mighty in words and deeds. So verse 11, the Lord comes back without excuse, and he says, Moses, 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 who made man's mouth? Or who maketh the dumb, or the deaf, or the, the seen, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Moses, who made your mouth, and as well as the rest of your senses? And if we go back to earlier, I had mentioned that Moses knew he was talking to the Lord. However, maybe the reality had not yet sunk in. But he was telling his creator, Lord, Master, Creator, I got an inadequate voice box and a tongue. I, 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 I cannot speak well. What happens, what I see, Moses was living in defeat. And Moses refused to allow the Lord to help. And by making these excuses, Moses was allowing his present condition in life to hinder his spiritual growth and work for the Lord. Making excuses. Lord, who am I? Lord, I can't speak. You know, the Lord came to Moses with a great opportunity. For Moses to see the power of the Lord from a first-hand experience. And we find here that Moses was doing his best to refuse it. Why? So he could stay in the desert and take care of the sheep. You see, Moses was content to stay where he was. He was unwilling to be, to be stretched and used. Making excuses. And the bottom line is, his spiritual growth was at a standstill. So how can we make some practical applications here? i got a few questions. Where are you at in your spiritual life? Are you growing? Are you listening and allowing the Lord to use you to build his kingdom? Are you living in victory? <clears throat> if you're not living in victory, then where are we? We're living in, de in defeat. We're bound by sin and Satan. And we're con we will continue to go through life making excuses because of sin or because of some our past life's experiences. Simply, we'll be content to allow our spiritual life to become stagnant because of past experiences or the way we were created. And by doing that, we're minimizing the power of the Lord. We're saying, Lord, I cannot do that, nor that, nor that because of thus, thus, and thus. Are we saying that we are who we are because of things that happened at home as a child? Or a dad, something dad did or did not do. Something mom said or did not say. Or because my siblings have it better than I do. And I think if we allow the devil to do so, we can have a list of reasons that go on and on. So I ask the question again, are we living in victory? Let me explain victory. Victory is no longer living in bondage of past battles. I've said it many times. Here we go again. We were all created for a purpose. And that purpose, we're going to go through trials, struggles, but we're not going to dwell on them way back. We need to move on with, with life. Some people swim in circles in a pool of self-pity and allow the past to hinder their spiritual growth for, to hinder the spiritual growth and forward progress. Where are we at spiritually? Are we growing? Or do we grow to a certain place and we plateau there because of past experiences? If you're using past experiences and circumstances to apply the brakes on your spiritual growth, 
for you and your family, listen to one verse from Romans. Just, just, just bear with me. One verse, Romans 14, 12. It's not a long verse. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Let me explain. That verse is for every man and every woman. Everyone will give account to God of how they live their life while on this earth. So your, your thoughts, actions, and deeds of the past week, fast forward to Judgment Day, you're going to give account of that. Let me plead with you. Don't stand before God on Judgment Day and say, Lord, I said no to working in your kingdom because of something that happened to me in the past. So, Paul, hang on. I'm not overlooking sin, but we need to be a forgiving people, putting the past behind and moving forward in our spiritual journey. Why? Because we will all give an account, myself included. There are things that happened in my childhood I could say, well, I am who I am because of what happened in my past. Is that what the Lord created me for? Absolutely not. Are we growing or did we stop? Say, you know what? Hey, here we are. I'm a Christian. I became a Christian. I'm not going to grow any further. This is just who I am. Oh, God forbid. Are we giving the Lord our all to our fullest potential? Yeah, understand we're not saved by works. So don't go out tomorrow and say, well, Leon said I got to work. I got to do this, this, and this. We're saved by grace through faith. Now, hang on. And it is that grace and faith that saved us that will also motivate us to be involved in the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because that's why you were created. To follow the example of Moses, especially at this point in his life, is a dangerous place to to be. We don't want to follow his example yet. We're getting there. Heaven is just around the corner, possibly the next corner. Why did I say that? I don't know I masked, but one day he woke up, and then a couple of days later he was buried. Why? Accident, if I'm not mistaken. What, what about my life? What about yours? Heaven is just around the corner, possibly the next corner. Are we living in victory? Are we laying up treasures in heaven? Or are we coasting through life in our little comfort zone saying no to kingdom building work because of past experiences? We need to put the past behind. We need to press on. Let's not say, Lord, who am I? Let's not say, Lord, I can't speak because he created our mouth. Let's not say, Lord, because of my past experiences. No, 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 no. Let's say, Lord, here I am. I will go. Look at the promise in uh, verse 12. The Lord's like kind of pleading with Moses. Now, therefore, Moses, go. I will be with your mouth. I will teach you what to say. Moses, I made your mouth. I will be with you. I'll be so close to you, Moses, I will actually give you the words that I want you to say. Moses, all I need from you is a willing spirit, a positive attitude. Moses, I will take care of everything else. Moses, just put your sandals back on and start walking. And he said what? Moses, I'll make you a great leader. Just trust me. That's filling some practical application here. You know, it's similar to, to taking your young child by the hand and going outside with them after it's dark. Maybe to feed the chickens, maybe to put the bike away for the night. But when you, as their parent, is right there beside them, they have nothing to fear. The dark doesn't even bother them at all. That's just the picture that the Lord was trying to get across to Moses, similar to a childlike trust, which is the absence of fear. And then it gets, I'd say it gets a little worse. Moses comes back with an answer in verse 13. 
this morning in our Sunday school lesson, Weston said sometimes, you know, someone shows you a verse and you're like, well, that sounds pretty good or that sounds pretty bad. You have to actually go back and dig into it and look at it to see what it's trying to say and read the whole chapter. Sometimes I look at a verse and I'm like, uh, King James is a little difficult. Excuse me, it's, uh, I back and support the King James, sometimes a little difficult. But verse 13, here we have Moses saying, after, after the Lord said, Moses, come on, my friend, go. I'll tell you what to say. Moses said, oh, Lord, oh my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. I love to open up and, and ask someone to say, what does that mean? Actually, I did that to some, of the, some guys, and they, uh, I didn't get the answer I was looking for. I did some checking. Moses said, Lord, let me back up. I think it's one of the, Moses' answer is probably one of the saddest answers the Lord has ever heard. And this is how it's translated, or a different version. Moses said, Lord, send someone else. After all the promises that the Lord said to him, and said, Moses, you've got nothing to fear. Moses said, Lord, send by anyone else, only excuse me as incompetent. Send anyone, Lord, just let me go. Send someone else. But earlier, someone over here said that Moses was a great leader, and I agree with that man. But look what happened before that ha Look what happened before. I also mentioned inactive to useful. And here we see Moses being inactive. But he becomes useful. Why am I saying the Lord doesn't always call those who are like this? Yep, I can handle this. Confident. No. He calls, but he will enable those that he calls. Moses tried in different ways to reject the call. He finally tells the Lord, Lord, just send somebody else to do your job. I'm so happy with these sheep out here. I got no one to talk to. No one talks back to me. Just let me go. <clears throat> Was that the easy way out? Was Moses successful in his final answer? Is that, is that an option for us today? Let me read verse 14 after Moses said that. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, It's not Aaron thy Levite, thy brother. I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he come, he's coming to meet you, and when, when, he's, when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. I think we understand the Lord's feelings here. Moses made a number of excuses, which I believe led to a big mistake. Lord, Send somebody else. So the Lord had Aaron, Brother Moses, go along with him to be a spokesperson in his place. And somewhere between verses 14 and, and 18, Moses agrees to go as the Lord asks. When the Lord calls, says, yes, Lord, I will go. The Lord doesn't call the able, but he will enable those who he calls. We're going to switch gears for the final point. The third point is Moses, the great leader. This is, why, this is how it started out. And did you ever feel like Moses like this? Like he did, like he felt here? Turn to, uh, turn to Hebrews chapter 11. And this is uh, well known. It's called the faith chapter. 
And here we see seven verses that were written about Moses. Four times we see the words, by faith. You know, we, we just looked at his response to the Lord's call in Exodus. Now here in Hebrews, we see what's written about him after he allowed himself to be used for the Lord. If you read through the Old Testament, there are numerous great and miraculous works that were done by the hand of Moses. Obviously, through the power of God after he said yes to the calling from the Lord. But as we think of Moses back in Exodus, uh, kind of the question, um, are we ever guilty of restricting the Lord's power because we're saying no to his call? You know, I, I just mentioned all the, the wonderful things that happened after the Lord, after Moses said, okay, I'll go. Then I asked the question, you know, or do we ever restrict the power of God because of our answers that we give? And if you're, if you're a parent, is our family being held to a spiritual standstill because we're not moving to, willing to move forward for the Lord? So the message title is, Here I am, Lord, I will go. And that is not necessarily referring to uh, jumping in a plane and going to a far land. Maybe it's a next door neighbor. Maybe to share the gospel in, in the adjacent town. Or maybe to witness to the customer that you're working for or the hurting person that you see. Or, or taking your family on their next spiritual step forward. To, I think I can, I'd like to sum it up with one question. And that, that question is this What is the Lord? calling you to do what is the Lord calling you to do are we ready to make another excuse or will we say yes Lord I will do that for you what is the Lord calling you to do Hebrews 11 verses 23 through 30 through 29 by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and were not afraid of the king's commandment. We looked about that back in Exodus. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt for respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith, he kept the Passover, the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea, as by dry ground, which the Egyptians assigned to do were destroyed. After he said yes to the Lord, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Why? Moses knew God had better things in store for him. Those, those in tune with God will be in tune with God's will for their life and follow his calling. 20, verse 26, the riches and soft, easy life of being a grandson to the king did not entice Moses to forsake God. He had a heavenly vision and determined to be faithful. He left Egypt fearing nothing. His sights set on God. Kept the Passover. Moses was faithful and obedient. Look at verse 29. They passed through the Red Sea. How? 
through the muddy waters? No, on dry ground. Was that Moses? Absolutely not. But he led them forward. It's the same sea that later destroyed the entire Egyptian army. Moses told Pharaoh about the ten plagues that were about to happen if Pharaoh did not let the children go. All happened as God told Moses they would. After they crossed the Red Sea, Moses made them bitter water sweet for the people to drink. Uh, after he followed God's word. We know the story. Moses strikes a rock. What come forth? Water. How does that work out? God through the hands of Moses. How about the time the battle was won when the two men held up Moses' hands? What was so special about Moses' hands? What was God at work through his hands? The Ten Commandments, where did they come from? Moses through God. The detailed instructions of the tabernacle given uh, from God to Moses. And the stories of Moses could go on and on. God leading him uh, and the children of Israel with a mighty hand back up from a shepherd whose comfort zone was in the desert, watching the sheep to a great, meek leader chosen by God to lead his chosen people out of Egypt into the land of Canaan. Question, which Moses best describes you? The one making excuses back there in Exodus or the Moses who said, yes, Lord, I will go. It's the anger of the Lord burning against you or are you on fire for the Lord doing damage to the gates of hell? We were not created to grow to a certain level in our spiritual lives and then remain there, but we are called to continue to grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior growing each and every day are we growing each and every day in our spiritual walk is sin or past experiencing hindering your spiritual growth or are you serving God faithfully following his call and willing to be used when he calls and where he leads I close with what I started with when the Lord calls say yes Lord I will go the Lord does not always call the Lord does not call the able but we, he will enable those that he calls just a story from Moses and his response let's not respond that way let's say yes Lord I will go fearing nothing as a child be led outside in the dark with his parents God bless you as the Lord calls, as the Lord knocks on your heart's door. I ask the question again, what is the Lord calling you to do? Shall we pray? Lord, we come before you this morning. Just thank you, God, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the example we could see of Moses here. Help us, Lord, to respond in a correct way when you call, not to be hesitant, not to allow things of the past to hinder our spiritual growth. But, Lord, may we be growing deeper and deeper in your will and your knowledge as we go, out, go through our lives. Give us wisdom and direction. Help us, Lord, to forgive the past and to press forward, to take the next step forward in our spiritual life and to do and go where you call us to, Lord. Thank you again for the Holy Spirit's direction in our life. Help us to be faithful, giving you our all to our fullest potential for your honor and glory. In your name we pray. Amen. Joel, we have a song, please.